0: Hi, and welcome to Seriously Single. I'm your host, Breanne Hogan, a relationships and dating writer who's been seriously single for a long time. And part of the reason why I think I've been seriously single is because of my patterns in dating, choosing the same type of guy over and over and over again. And it wasn't really until recently when I was able to actually admit that to myself. I think it's really easy for so many of us who've been burned in the dating scene to point the finger and to just say, oh, I, I just attract a lot of jerks or, you know, he's an asshole or whatever. And while he probably was an asshole, the thing is you were attracted to him and you attracted him into your life. So as Taylor Swift says, you're the problem. It's you. And that can be a really confronting thing to admit because we don't want to think that we're wrong, we don't want to think that we're doing anything wrong. We don't want to think that we're we're like doing this like doing bad things to ourselves when we don't want to. Obviously, you know, if you're if you're someone who wants to be in a successful relationship, you don't want to think that it's you, but it's really not your fault when these things happen. A lot of it is just our subconscious programming, a lot of it has to do with how we were raised and A lot of it is is very hidden until we have these moments, until we hit these like rock bottom moments where we're like, you know what? I don't want to put up with this shit anymore. I don't want to repeat this shit anymore. (laughs) I want to be in a better place in my life with relationships. And so this is a very potent and powerful time to, to do some serious work on yourself and to do some serious healing and to recognize why you do what you do and why you've attracted the partners that you've attracted and what you can do to improve your love life and life moving forward. So in today's episode, I get into that a little bit, maybe a lot, with our guest. She shares her own perspective and her own patterns and what she's been going through as a recently newly single woman. Her name is Dr. Karen Louise. She is an award-winning author, speaker, master life coach, soul guide and course creator with a PhD in counseling and education. She blends 20 years of practice and research with her spiritual gifts as a medium, intuitive, and channel to guide people through mind-blowing transformations. She is obsessed with helping people release the programming of their past, remember who they are, and tap into the power and purpose that they are here to enjoy in all levels of their lives while having the time of their lives. So Karen was obviously the perfect guest to get into programming, to get into patterns, to get into past stuff that we want to release and let go of so we can welcome healthy, happy, fulfilling partners into our lives. And not only just having those types of partners, but to have that type of a life because we need to have that life now so that we can attract those types of partners into our life. But we'll get into all of that with our episode. So I think it's a good one. It's time to seriously talk about being single. Hi Karin, welcome to Seriously Single. It's so great to have you here today.
1: Great! it's so exciting to be here. I can't wait to see what comes up in this conversation. Yeah,
0: me too. So okay, my first question that I'm, I'm asking every guest is one, are you single now?
1: I am so single right now.
0: Wide oh, yes. great. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Wide open. Okay, I love that because I've had a few people who weren't single, which is fine, but it's always great to talk to someone else who's single. So yep. may I ask how long have you been single
1: yeah. I've been single this time. Uh, my breakup was, um, so it's been almost a year, about about okay. 11 months. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Single. And yeah. And it's, you know, it's weird because I haven't, I don't think I've ever had this much time with like, I haven't even really found anybody to even like date and just mm. kind of uh, have like a plus one. So this has mm. been my, so this is a great time for us to have this conversation. This has been my longest time of really just being a single, just on my own. And I've gotten to the point where like, I am so good so I can't wait to talk about it because I really I have so much to say about it because it's been a journey I've been through just I'm sure like you so many breakups and relationships and you learn more with each one and I'm in a place now that I've never been before so I'm eager to jump right
0: in. Oh wow. Okay. I love this. Yeah. And I love that you just mentioned something that I've been going through too where for the first time and this is very recent but I don't have anyone in the wings. Like I'm not Totally. That's what I mean. Right? Yeah, yeah like I'm not talking to someone yeah. I'm not like even considering someone like it's actually like I'm very free right now. And it's such yeah. a weird, but really cool place to be in.
1: <laughs> yeah. I totally relate. That was, that's, yeah, it's weird. I'm always like, I always have, or I have like a, like someone that, you know, is just like someone with benefits or I have like, I mean, just, just to be real, like yeah. there's usually someone that I'll like dip my toe back in, you know, the roster maybe pops back up. And um, it's funny because this time, I guess it's, you know, and you, I'm sure have gone through the same thing. You just grow more and it, none of it's better or worse or good or bad or like no judgment whatsoever. You are where you are and you're have your freedom to do what you want, but it it's. it's a really cool thing, even though at first, I think that was really hard. I don't know if it was for YouTube at first. I was like, there is a vacuum that is so uncomfortable for me right now. Like, and as I thought about returning to someone that maybe I may have like, you know, played with a little bit this time around, I was just like, do I really want to spend my energy on something that's not going to fulfill me? Like, Mm. whereas before I could do that, like, which is fine. Again, like that's where you are. That's awesome. There's a lot of freedom and independence in that. But yeah, like this time I'm like, no there's really not so I'm really selective and I really want someone to fill the space that is really a match to me and not just a mm-hmm. filler. Is
0: mm-hmm. that like
1: is that why do you think you've had more of a no one in the wings as compared to before?
0: I think because I was really hooked on one person for the long time. Oh yeah. And, you know, can you relate? I think everybody can oh, relate. Yeah. It's always that one person who's been in my life for like oh, like two decades. Like really like. Oh, that's really long. So that's, you know, there have been years when we didn't even have any contact. But because of this, I mean, I'm going to be real, like pedestal probably that I put him on or our relationship. It was always yeah. like, oh, he's the one. Like it's going to work out. Like yep. sometime down the road is going to work out. So always kind of just leaving that door open. Oh, yeah. like no matter what like and so I think there was always that hope that I was attached to him and to the idea of us so in some ways even though I was technically single I was kind of not in my heart because yes. I was still like clinging to him mm-hmm. so it was only recently where I had to close that door did you and, yeah. yeah
1: yeah how and did I you close it
0: I was over the phone. I wish it was in person, to be honest with you, but it had to be. It had to be done, and it was honestly like I, I've cried so many times over this one person, and I did cry after we had that conversation, but it was like almost like a cleansing, like because I was like I felt a weight being lifted from me, and it was totally unexpected, but at the same time, I felt really at peace, like I knew. I knew I had to say goodbye to this person who I will always love and I think I will always think of in some capacity, but I had to choose me. Like that's kind of like the cliche, but it's true. Like I had to choose me and he wasn't showing up the way that I wanted him to show up. Yeah. And, and then it was just like one single text message that he sent me, which was just so, I was just like, nah. <laughs> You like, had like
1: a straw that broke the yeah, camel's yeah, back and all yeah. of a sudden like you had an awareness.
0: Yeah, yeah. And and actually, and to, be all, and to be really transparent, I had met someone. I had gone to France and I had met a guy, another guy there who was really, I mean, that's a whole other story because I didn't work out with him, but like who had shown me something that I was missing from my yeah. other relationship. Yeah. And I, I like those guys because I think they're like bridge guys. Like they show you the bridge yep. to another possibility. They're not the guy. Yeah. But they're showing you that what could be. And so mm-hmm. once I met him and we were having this wonderful time and he was showing he was showing up for me, I was like, yeah, I don't know why I'm settling for what I'm settling for.
1: Oh, my God. I can relate to so much. <laughs> every, all of it. And most women can, you know. And that's the – except for the ones that have been married forever and ever. And God bless them. I didn't pick that path apparently. But the um, the, the hanging on, you know, because what we're hanging on to very often is is the idea of what is supposed to happen right? Like we love the person, right? You've fallen in love with that person, but what you're also in love with is the story that you've wrapped around them and the future that, that you think is going to happen. If they would just, you know, go back to being this way, or if they would just, if they would just, if they, and they're always, if they would just, and treat me this way. And so you know, because we, we see glimmers of them being able to show up in certain ways, right? Or we wouldn't hang on that long. Like maybe you had a great year or there was this one great trip or there was that promise of this thing. And so we, we wrap around that because there's enough good, but then that awareness starts to come. And I know I've, I've been through it too. I had, um, I had a twin flame, insane relationship, two relationships ago, and he was 21 years younger than me. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, he was German and I'm from Atlanta and it, it started like in a blaze of glory. Like it was so hot and heavy and and delicious and amazing. And, and twin flame relationships are like that. And we don't need to go take a deep dive, but the, they either are going to be like, the most amazing relationships of your life in such a good way. Cause you're going to have a spiritual kind of purpose together mm. or it's going to be the total opposite and it's going to completely deconstruct your soul. And that happens more than not. I don't know if twin flames are real. All I know is I was told by many people that whatever I started, I before never thought that was a thing. But when I went through that, I was like, this is the only way I can explain it. But the point is, The intensity was, it was so bad. And I kept, I just kept going back and going back and going. And it was so much like, because he was so good at love bombing me and all this stuff. And and I had this, this dream, right? That, and, and I had done it there. My previous husband was a lot like him and Mm -hmm. I held the door open for him too, for literally decades. Like it was a similar, it sounds similar to to your story. Like, like I never would fully close it. Even now, like he knows that if he like texts me, like he's remarried. And so that relationship's done, but like, it can be super hard when you're that intensely mm. wound around somebody to, to close it because you, you, there's something in you. I call it like a this little pilot light. Like it kind of still is always like glowing and it's like, but when you finally said so with my twin flame one, um, the other one, there was a divorce and he's remarried and there was a finality. There's just this weird, curious conversation that happens every now and then. But um I had to, same thing as you, like it was so intense. It was so much and it was during COVID and that's a whole nother mm. animal. But the, the decision to pick myself, like I went through such a deconstruction when that relationship broke up. Cause of course it brings up childhood wounding and that's a whole nother thing with, you know, breakups. And I had to go to such a dark night of the soul, like in the past year and a half, that was like, I literally deconstructed at such a deep level, all the crying, all the stuff. And I finally had to get to the point where I was just like what you said, where you were, I was like, I cannot keep showing up for someone that it was, it was a trust issue. Like Mm. you literally (laughs) there, I cannot date someone that is doing what you're doing. Like, I don't care how much you say you love me and you're going to fix yourself and it's all going to be this and that. Like, but the point is after all the, the storytelling is at the end of the day, it's always, do you choose you or do you choose to be available for something that doesn't really match you. And Mm -hmm. if something doesn't really match your light and your desires and your needs, it's not going to feel good. No matter if it felt good a year five years ago, or you think it's going to feel good once you have kids or whatever thing is that you're waiting to happen. Um, If it doesn't align with you, you will know, and that voice will keep telling you and telling you and telling you. And it's a matter of what are you allowing? What are you Mm -hmm. making yourself available for? Because if this person's making you feel like crap over and over again, that's on you, sister. Like, I'm just, Mm -hmm. and I had to get to that way with myself. Like, if I keep this door open, he's going to keep coming back and walking through it until I make it very clear that door is not available to you anymore as much as this freaking hurts and as many tears as I'm going to cry. Because it, but it's hard to get to. But the piece is always self love. I mean, don't you, I just think it always is, and we're not taught that self love piece is something that we miss growing up. It's not, you know, one of the courses that it should be at school.
0: <laughs> How to <Right>? love yourself,
1: <laughs> you know? Right?
0: It should be. No, I know, and I, I agree, and I think, I think because we're taught more that we receive love, like we we receive love from external sources, and rather than mm-hmm. getting it from within. So, and it's fed through us through our culture and movies for crying out loud and TV shows and all that stuff. Like we're fed this like yeah. narrative of like, love is outside you. You have to find love and instead well, of- Well, it's dependent on the relationship. relationship. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. The relationship that's not your own, which is- Completely. Kind of bullshit because everything comes from within. But as you said, we're not taught that. So- oh, we, it takes work. Yeah. yeah. So, are,
1: how, so what have you done? Like what- What has worked for you to help like build that up that you maybe weren't doing before?
0: A lot of self-exploration, like a lot of just, uh, as you said, like childhood wounding came up for me a lot with this previous guy. And I did tell him at our, in our phone call that I was grateful for him because for our relationship and everything we taught each other and for, for this leg of it, because we've had many different iterations of it. Yeah. But for this one, it was because he showed me so much about myself that I needed to know and I needed to heal. And the patterns that were coming up with him were patterns that I had repeated with other men. So yeah. it wasn't just like him that I was feeling a certain way or I was attracted to the same sort of guy. Yeah. Yeah. And so I had to get that wake up call and he had to be the one. And, and in some ways, I think he had to be the one because he was the guy for me. So if any guy was going to teach me how to love myself, it had to be from him. And so he was my biggest teacher, which I told him that. And I mean, I I love throwing a little bomb to the guy when you're saying goodbye, you know, (laughs) like you're my biggest teacher. I mean, he was. But yeah, yeah, so uh, you have to just be honest, though. And that's the other thing. Like you have to. It's hard though. It's the, the honesty part oh, is hard. Oh
1: gosh. It's, it's so, cause you know, we're, we're attracted to what is familiar for, for us. And I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I grew up in a really abusive home, so I always attracted abusive men that didn't show up that way, but then slowly over time, you know, that energy would show itself and then it was normalized for me and it was comfortable. I mean, really some, I mean, and people looking in that don't understand that dynamic. It's, um, it, it's just a learned imprint. Right, and that's comfortable. It can be the hardest thing to leave relationships that aren't good for you because you don't know how to do the the healthy thing. And you know, you learn. Like for me, I learned that love was love was that you would go through abusive cycles, whatever that looked like. And I've been through all of it. Um, and then what would happen is the cycle of abuse always is that when they come back, there's like this love bombing, and it's very intense. Mm. So I mean, you you sound like you attract a certain kind of guy. That was the guy that I would attract. Like it was this big, glorious, magnetic love, and then something crappy would happen and I would get like the, whatever it was, usually it's emotional abuse and tear me down, tear me down. But mm-hmm. then on the back end of that, there would be this apology that would then build me back up again. And that's what I saw my mom go through. And so I learned that that's how you get love. You have to win it back and then yeah. you get slapped and then you get, win it back. And then, so, I mean, and I'm, I mean, I'm a psychotherapist. It's part of why I went back and got my doctorate. Cause I wanted mm-hmm. to understand like, what is the psychology behind why people cheat, why people abuse, why people, like, I wanted to understand it. And it's been a decade and a half long process for me. But, you know, you just saying that you found gratitude, like when you finally, like, it takes work, it takes awareness, it takes getting in your own way, it takes a first awareness of your pattern. Secondly, are you too used to it that you don't want to change it or do you really want to change it and then it's taking the steps to change but when you can get to where Bri you just mentioned I actually felt gratitude for him and I can see that he's my teacher like that's a point of self-mastery like because you've got to go through the anger, you've got to go through up that scale of consciousness, you know, there's usually depression, anxiety, resistance, then you get Mm -hmm. pissed, which is actually really good. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you eventually work that out and you get to acceptance. And then what you just got to is if you really can feel gratitude, even if it's just in bleeps, because I'm sure you still feel emotional about a lot of it. But if you can find if you can tap into gratitude, even if it's just for moments in time, you're actually at the vibration of love. And that's like one of the highest vibrations that you can be at. And that is where you go back into the world as a you that then attracts people that match a light of love and that matches your needs. And that's more in resonance with who you are. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, yeah. no, totally. I, yeah. no, it totally I love looking sense. at it energetically. Yeah, me too. Me too, for sure. And, and what you just described about all those steps, I definitely went through all those steps. Like it wasn't, mm-hmm. I don't want to have anyone have the impression that it was like overnight. And I was like, I'm grateful for this guy. <laughs> like right. it yeah. was a, a years in the making. Like every, especially the pandemic, as you mentioned that that he's in the States, yeah. I'm in Canada. So we were separated for whatever, 18 months or whatever it was when the borders were closed. And, yeah. um, and then that whole like upheaval of, that time anyways. And so, so there was so much grief. There was so much denial on my part. There were, there were so many stages of things that I had to get to. And you're right. The rage thing is so important because I was never upset at him. Like I would never really get mad at him. I'd always get, I would be upset and I'd be sad, but I wasn't angry. And, and then I got to the point and I think I was more angry at myself, which Mm. is fair, but I was like, why the fuck am I putting up with this shit? <laughs> like, I'm like, no. Right. And then I got mad at him for even like thinking he could do that to me. And then, and then I reached that point of like letting go.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know what a friend, you just brought something up, a friend of mine the other day, we were, we both had these other, I had another breakup last year, which wasn't as intense, but it's still, you know, it was one of those like stepping stone bridge relationships. And um, one of my best friends, she had a really bad breakup last year too, with a lot of infidelity. And she one day called me. She said, Oh my God, I just had this message that was for both of us. And I'm going to pass this along because it is so profound. She said, what if instead of saying what they did to us, we start saying, look at what they did to themselves. I was like, that Mm -hmm. is such a good word flip. You know, the choices that they make, because once you can stand in your value, yes, take responsibility for what you're making yourself available for, but it's like, and and the gratitude piece is amazing and very self-actualized, but if we can instead cuz that victim thing is it's part of the process but if we can instead like find an energy within us that says wow like i am going to go forward not claiming to be a victim. I don't want to keep telling this story, although there mm-hmm. are places to tell it, but it's like, the more I'm clinging to it and telling it, the more I'm going to attract somebody else that matches that just because law of attraction is real. Like the more mm-hmm. that's in your aura and in your field, just like, that's why you've attracted the same kind of person over and over. The same reason I have, I would tell the story over and over and it's okay. It's necessary to tell it for a while when you're therapeutically recovering from the breakup, you need safe places to mm-hmm. tell stories that is imperative. But once you kind of have talked it out, and it's, you've given it voice and valid and you've gotten your validation again, very important. You have felt the feelings very important. Those somatically need to pass through you. This is the work that I do now. Mm-hmm. Um, it it's, there comes a point, this is where I've gotten to many times after breakups where it's like, okay, if I want to keep telling the breakup story. And one of the w- main ways you can tell this is like, do you tell it on your first date with like, when you go on another first date, like, mm. cause I realized I did that like years ago. I'm like, oh shit. Like I just had a, another, a, I just told my breakup story, that means you still need to keep telling it. Like maybe it's mm-hmm. not like quite time to be, It it's okay. It's not wrong. It's just like, that's still part of what you identify with. Yeah. But once you get to the point where like, I don't really want to identify as the person who just had this breakup, right. Cause that will just keep following you. I want to identify as someone who's Really open and wants to allow somebody in that matches this higher version of myself that just came through because of what I just experienced. Like the me that knows more and that knows what I will and won't tolerate. And then you, that word flip, instead of saying, look what they did to me, you say, wow, look what they did to them. Like I was a pretty dang good like Mm -hmm. thing going for them, right? Like them choosing not to fully wrap me up and give me what I really need and be my match in this relationship. You know, that, that was a choice that they made in their life to go a different direction and look what they did to them. Like they're missing out on this value. So that, you know what I mean? Like that value piece and it takes time because you, there's a devaluing that we experience when the breakup usually happens.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, I went through that. I thought I was like, Oh, he's, he would choose someone else. He would act yeah. differently with someone else, right? Totally. Like all these things that we all have, which is why I think it's so important, as we were just mentioning at the beginning of the call, to have the time to be alone yeah, and to not have those little guys in the, in the wings so we can cultivate our own confidence for ourselves so we're not telling that story, like so yeah. we can tell a new story. Yeah. yeah.
1: And it takes time. I mean, it, it – it, you know, I used to want to punch people in the face that would talk about, you need a year by yourself. I mean, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, because it, when you are wired for a relationship, like it sounds like you are, I definitely am like that being alone. it, it It's, it's painful at first. It, it is actually like women, you know, we translate emotional pain the same way that that we translate physical pain. Men don't do that. Women do. So when you're in an emotional, painful state out of a Breakup. It feels as if you've gotten in a car accident in your emotional body. Okay, that mm. is, it is. So I just want to validate for people like that book, the um, the Female Brain. I forget the author, but it, it she covers this in it, and it's it's ex- it's a, it's an extraordinary epiphany. So you know, like this is real. Like I'm experiencing this as if I've had a physical trauma to my body. Let me honor this. Like I'm, I know I've said it before, but I'm just going to say it again because it's the piece before what you just said. Like if you're still there, honor it. On, like let it feel like feel the feelings and the feeling that we resist the most usually is grief mm. and grief is wrapped around the fear of abandonment fear of how they're going to be with somebody else oh, this just reminds me of when my dad left and i'm not lovable like all 100 percent across the board for women it's worthiness and it always comes down to self-love that we weren't taught to hold mm. but when you get to that place that that brie's talking about and where i am now and and it it took me i mean this breakup i probably got there um, I would say, two months ago, I probably for the first time told my best friend like I'm actually good, so, which so that took like eight months, you know, um, um and you know it, you know, in my when I got divorced from that really painful divorce, like it we're talking that took years, um, years. <laughs> it's a matter of how much you were you identified in the relationship as this person's other half, but but when you get to the place where you kind of realize you're not thinking about it all the time. And you kind of realize like, like I have a little garden now and I I do have three kids and I have two dogs and I have a beta fish. And I realize there are hours, maybe even like a whole half day that I don't think about dating. I, you know, I don't want to go check it, go on a dating app. Like, you know what I mean? Like all those and you, and, and the time. So if you're in that place where the breakup just happened, the time between that and where, like Bree's talking about, she is like it will happen. It just takes time. But once you get there, you'll realize, like I'm not so focused on the breakup and the pain. So it's a matter to me. It's a matter of, and tell me what what you did. Like, like I had to purposefully put things in my life that made me feel good. And it sounds mm-hmm. so simple. But like during that one divorce when I was hit, when I really hit bad depression and I was suicidal, like it was, that was a bad, it was, I was married to a professional athlete and it was very public here in the States. And, um, and it, it was public and horrible and I was humiliated and he moved right in with his pregnant girlfriend and it was all over the news. And, and, um, I mean, I did not want to be on this planet and my therapist literally sat down with me and was like, what makes you feel good? And, and I was like, I don't know my dogs and my piano and going for walks. Mm-hmm. He's like, okay, this week, every day lay down with your dogs, hug them. I want you to sit at the piano for 20 minutes a day. I mean, it's these simple things, but it was inserting what makes you feel good. So fast forward now, 20 years later, and I know when I work, when I hug my dogs who are on the ground down here, (laughs) when I talk to my beta fish, when I go check on my cucumbers in my garden, when I am focused on my purpose, which is now helping other women get through this, I forget about all that pain. And in that. I'm cultivating self-love. Like for you, I'm sure the podcast is part of it. Like you're focused on what you are passionate about and you're focused on you, which is removed from those memory and re- and, and then it's creating something new. You know, I mean, I, I'm so passionate about this because we don't know. And it's just that literally a, a therapist telling me who I'm now, well, I was a therapist now I'm more of a life coach, but the simplest thing, like go play piano for 30 minutes a day. Like was a game changer, (laughs) you know? And now I'm like, in my head, I'm like, Karin, like, like other day, I saw pictures of the the last guy that I was with. We dated for a year and a half and he's got really quickly into a new relationship. And it was all, it's, she's got it all over her accounts on social media. And of course, a friend of mine sent it to me. And then of course you go down the rabbit hole and I'm looking and, (laughs) you know, and then I'm like, you know how you do. I'm like, oh, really? Like, All the things he told me he wasn't ready for. Now I'm like seeing it play out in real Mm -hmm. time. And you know, you do all the stuff. And I, you know, like you just said, oh, now he's acting this way with her. And so I had to tell myself, get up off your ass, go sit down, focus on your work, write your emails. And within 20 minutes, like I wasn't over, you know, Mm -hmm. on her feed, which Mm -hmm. if, you know, but I can promise you, let me just add this because I got so much to say about this. They are not going and being someone different with someone else. I can promise you that they are still themselves especially if they haven't done if they haven't done any work and taken this time on them on their own they will repeat the exact same dynamic it's a matter of is that next person going to be available for the things that you actually decided you weren't available for so right. they haven't miraculously become the perfect person right. they will keep replaying it out so just a little <laughs> have you have you had to see your guy has he the other guy has he? gone on and dated? How do you even know? Has that been a thing at all?
0: I don't know. We're not friends on Facebook. Uh, we do follow each other on Instagram, but he's not a big social media person. And, and not to say that I don't have not occasionally looked, but I have to say I have been more stringent on myself Yeah, because, uh, I remember I did this to another guy that I was dating, always checking up on his social media, finding out yeah. that he was dating someone else, getting myself in yeah. a tizzy over it. And my oh, it's friend, horrible. It's horrible. We do it to ourselves and that's why my friend said to me he was he said, "Why are you inflicting self-harm? Like why are you doing that to you, yourself? Like you're hurting yourself by doing it. Yep. So why why do you want to do that?
1: I mean, I have this mantra cuz I've watched I watched a friend do it before I just experienced it again and I would say to him all the time cuz he was his exes was huge on social media and he would call me all the time and I'm like dude, you have 100% chance of, of feeling like crap. When you look like you are guaranteed, if you click on, you are going to feel like crap and you're going to compare yourself. So hundred percent guarantee. So then when, when I just, and I didn't do it to that extreme because this relationship wasn't quite as powerful for me. But when I just had that experience a few weeks ago, I literally got in my own head, just like you just said that your friend said, and I'm like, Karin, you have, and I told myself the same thing. You have one. And so I'm sitting here with my phone, you know, the tempted <laughs> late at night. And I'm like, you have 100% guaranteed chance that you will feel like crap. If you go and look, you're doing that to yourself, right? Like it, it really, so it's like, you can get in your own way. No one's going to stop you, but you will go to bed probably an hour later. Cause then you won't be able to stop. <laughs> yeah. So put the phone down. It is, it's, 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 you have to do it on purpose. Like you have to get in your own way. So I applaud you for not sending yourself down that like painful rabbit hole?
0: I mean, I've done it too many times. So I feel at this point, as I said, like I just don't want to run myself off the cliff anymore because I've done it so often. And I really am being conscious to go back to what you were saying about you playing the piano and just doing good things for yourself to help yourself heal. Like that's what I've been doing too. It's just being really conscious of how I choose to spend my time and, and being really focused on me. And again, so cliche, and it's not that I've never had a problem to do that. But it's different now. Because as I said, I released this kind of like image that I had of, of him. And also with me being with anyone, it's not that I don't want to be in a relationship, because I definitely do. But I think as a single person, because I've never been married or engaged or anything like that. I think I've always just kind of been, as I said to you before we recorded, I was like waiting for something like I'm waiting. And I feel now at this point, I'm not waiting like this is my life and I'm going to create the life that I want to live and we'll see what happens. Like if there's a man who can come in and make me feel a certain way that I want to feel and enhance my life, then that's different. But I'm not like waiting for my life to feel complete, which is a different thing for me. I love the
1: word that you actually used before, if I can share it. The metaphor that you used was that you're not in someone else's waiting room. I think that's really powerful because I think so many women would relate to that, even if you've never seen it before, because we're kind of, we were talking about that. You're, you're wired to do that, right? We're, we're wired to attach identity to that relationship. I mean, women identify themselves through relationship. Men usually identify through work. That's just, that's very old um, uh, foundational literature, but you know, for you to decide for For you to then, like it's like like I got so very often we're doing things so that we get noticed, right we're doing mm-hmm. things so that the person comes in like so there's a moat there's an energy behind it, and if you look at it, like the energy of attachment, when you're doing things like. So that like, I'm putting this on so that he will see me or I'm Mm -hmm. posting on social media Mm -hmm. so that my ex will see it. There's energy behind all of that. You know, I'm going to go and call this friend and tell them about the new guy that I'm dating so that she tells so-and-so and and they're going to tell so-and-so like, you know what I mean? So, and I I have to check myself on this all the time, but if you can get in your way from doing those, so that movements and instead come back to what Brie was just saying. And it's like, I am in my frame. Aaron Doty, I love him. He talks a lot about this. I'm in my frame, like I'm the star of my movie. I'm not in someone else's waiting room. I'm in my frame, in the star of my movie. So, what I do personally and teach my clients is energetically, like, what is the motive? What's the motive behind what you want to do? Whatever that thing is that you enjoy, whether it's the garden, petting the dog, having a podcast, if you're doing it so that your ex, I mean, I'm not no judgment, but pay attention. If you can find Mm -hmm. The energy that you say, I'm really, really in my heart, I can say that I'm doing this because this is going to make me happy. Me, not because when we attach to maybe they'll see it or maybe then we're actually, we have a very repellent um, uh, energy because we're attaching to an outcome. But if we can sit in the energy in our frame that is our own home, Mm -hmm. you know, when we're in our home in our space and we can say this... I can sit in the resonance that this is for me or for the people you're serving with your work, you know, like you're serving people with the podcast. Like if you can do it from a place that's not driven by wanting a result when it comes to relationship, the beautiful thing about that is it not only puts you in your own frame and not only magnifies your self-love because then you are feeding yourself, but you actually then become like the perfect person for someone that matches that because you really want someone that also feels that way about themselves and is a whole person. And that finds you, you know, also whole. Yeah. So it sounds like, are you, how close do you feel like you are to like that kind of energy? Cause I, I go back and forth. Like I, it is, for me, it's intentional to find, to tap into it.
0: I think I'm leaning into it more and more as, because I think it was more of like a realization very recently. Like once I had that phone call with my ex and then once that thing with the other guy blew up, which was, Dramatic, but I won't get into that. But, but I mean, and again, I think actually the thing because it was dramatic with that other guy, again it was another wake-up call for me to be like, okay, Brianne, holy shit, like are you get your shit together? Like, you know, yes, he helped you like open your eyes about other men, but you're still attracting a certain kind of unavailability within another man. So that was a, a little healing thing that I needed to like look at as well. And so once once I got rid of those guys from my energy field. I just thought, okay, like, what do you want to create? Like, you're going to find Mm -hmm. someone, you're going to meet someone that's inevitable. Like if you, if you know that and the universe knows that you're going to meet someone. So just let that go and just focus on what it is that you want to create in your life. Like what it is that is important. As you said, it's like not doing something for a result and whether that's for an ex's attention or even an attention of Of any guy. Yeah, for sure. Like any guy that's out there, like maybe some guy will see this or some guy will notice me, right? And I think even like for me, it hasn't always been really conscious, but I think it's been subconscious. So for me, I think as you said, like it's being more intentional about the frame I'm in, as you said, and just being more, I don't know, like allowing myself to be excited about my life as is. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think that's been really important. As I said, this is very new, but like, it's, it's a process.
1: (laughs) Well, what a beautiful thing that you're sharing that in real time with people, because people can really relate, you know, that vulnerability is what helps us grow and connects us. And, and, you know, I, I I agree, like if you can find, like, so when I, I, I teach courses and I have retreats and I have clients. and, And one of the main things that we talk about is, is feeling into the energy you were just talking about, like. Can I feel excited? Like the the big, the higher vibrational energy is love, peace, joy, acceptance, right? Like that's what is that's what expands you and makes you super freaking attractive to anything, guys or girls. Yes, but also to opportunities with work, also to positive experiences and adventures and travel and all that stuff. Um, the lowest vibrational points of consciousness are shame guilt. So, so self-judgment comparison, what's wrapped around that is shame and guilt. So those are the lowest points of consciousness. They're, they've actually measured that. Um, David Hawkins did that work for tw- for 30 years. And, you know, when you're in a state of sh- guilt and shame and you're judging yourself and disappointed in yourself and you're vibrating at like a 10 or a 20, which is, there's a vibrational point. But when you're up at peace, joy, and love, and like you're saying, like, I can really feel good about myself, which is self-love, you're at like a 500, 600, mm-hmm. which is a huge expansion in consciousness and you can feel it as I'm doing that. Like if you just say like, like what's the, what's something that you're really proud of that you, that you've done recently that you can really look at and be like, even if it's just a simple thing that you're like, that felt really good. Like I'm proud of myself.
0: I think actually starting the podcast, this one. Yeah. 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 So what are you proud of? Uh, specifically I'm proud of the fact that like, I'm talking about this, that we're having this conversation and that I'm claiming it and owning it instead of, kind of shying away from being single, which is something that I kind of did. So
1: so in that, yeah, yeah go ahead. Say it again. Oh, Keep going.
0: Oh, and then just, as I said, like just being more vulnerable with that, but in a way of being proud of myself. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, that's love. I mean, it's self love. So when you're talking about that, what what you can feel naturally in your in your core is there's an expansion. Like I feel really good. Like I'm really really proud. I'm coming up to a, and there's there's courage in that, you know. And so the more we can return to you know when you're having those moments when you feel bad or because we're all going to get triggered you're going to get triggered something's going to remind you of something and your ex and you're going to another holiday is going to come or a birthday or a big birth you know you're going to pass a milestone and you're going to wish that somebody was there i mean that we i do it we all do it um and it's super important that we intentionally say okay i'm going down this i'm I'm slipping down the whatever you want to call it i feel like crap Mm -hmm. i know you're slipping down the scale of consciousness and you're contracting your spirit um, how can i get back up okay i'm intentionally going to think about something that i'm really proud of i'm intentionally going immer- to immerse myself in something that makes me feel good it's it literally is this simple i mean i work with clients it's like
0: mm.
1: <laughs> i have to remind because we don't want we don't know to do it for ourselves it's funny like we just kind of become disembodied i think sometimes especially when these things really trigger these childhood traumas and, and, and those can suck us down a really deep place of pain. And we, we don't remember how to do this. So it's very simple, like literally decide after you have your good cry, I am going to do something right now that actually makes me feel good. Like I know if I go and hug my dog, I'm going to feel better. I know if I go and walk in the forest without my cell phone and just breathe, if I stick my feet in water, whatever Like I know, like those are scientifically proven, go walk barefoot on the earth, go walk between trees. It's called forest bathing, go anywhere near water. You will immediately raise your vibration. Like you don't even have to do anything, but be present. And um, so there's like an intentional process of loving on yourself when someone else isn't there to do it. Mm. And then, so how has your like support been? Cause asking friends for support is also like a big piece of it, especially for women. Like how have your friends been?
0: Oh yeah. I side? have a, I have amazing friends and even when I was talking about my ex who they've heard about now for some of them, oh, yeah. 20, 20 years now. Yeah. <laughs> so they're like, well, Brianne, it sounds like he hasn't changed. And I'm like, "Well, oh, you know, but they, they keep, you know, like they were very open and receptive. And if things worked out, I know that they would have been open to him. Well, some of them, not everyone actually. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I but, gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, no, it's, yeah, it's, it's really important to have uh, support. I do agree with that. And, and I'm lucky that I have friends who, as I said, like would listen to me, even if they don't necessarily agree with my choices, but I never felt judged by them, which I really appreciated.
1: It's so important. It's so important. And, and telling friends like what you need, like, I and it, it's usually just hold space for me and tell me how amazing I am. Like literally, I will tell my friend, okay, here's the deal. I am, I'm <laughs> going to leave you a voice memo. You can listen to it or not. And sometimes it's 20 minutes and I just (laughs) get it out, you know, and then, you know, and I've done that and it's just holding space. And then I really just need you to tell me what is great about me. You know, I'm not always there, but when I, we don't want to ask because we don't want to be a burden very often, you know, but if you're in that place, ask your friend, just literally just say, okay, this is ridiculous, but could you just remind me? Because today I saw my ex with his new girlfriend or whatever it is, or you know, I feel really alone because I'm about to turn 30 or 40 or 50, whatever it is, like, remind me of what is lovable about me and I'm going to, and then receive it, you know? And then over time, like the place where you are right now, where you've like come full circle and, you know, you still have many relationships, is my guess, to come, Um, incredible ones that are going to help you grow. It's like, how can I be appreciative? So when you get to that point of, I can look back at this relationship and actually be grateful Mm -hmm. for what I learned. And the way to get there is if you're ready and the emotions have subsided a bit and you can come out of feeling like depressed and all the things you can, you can literally sit and do self-inquiry. Like, what was this here to teach me? Mm -hmm. Despite all the betrayal, all the, whatever abuse. At the end of the day, if there was abuse involved, I can promise you it was self-love. You're not being punished, but your higher self is waiting for you to choose you and to exit the situation. That's why we tend to attract those relate. And this is a big topic I know, so I won't take a deep dive, but if you've attracted those relationships over and over again, because I know I can say it because I've done it. My lesson, not that I was being punished. It's never that. My soul was going to reenact it until I decided that I was going to leave before I was left. And until I was going to decide that I am going to pick me, which is like what you're going through right now, this expanded time of being alone and not needing to attach
0: Mm. and being so
1: damn good. Like yesterday I called my friends and I'm like, I'm kind of scared because I'm like good. I'm like, (laughs) I'm kind of scared for anyone to even come in. Like, this is funny. I've never said this in my life. And I said, I'm almost scared for someone to mess up my Zen. Like Mm. I've always heard people say that and been like, how do you get there? Because I've always dependent on relationships so much, but Mm. I literally hit that yesterday. And I'm like, I'm so good at, I don't want someone to come in and like, like wake me up too early or snore or or like I've got my space. And what's beautiful is that's not really a repellent energy. That's actually a really attractive energy. And it's not that I'm saying, I don't want a guy to come in because I'm really not saying that. I'm just saying, Hey, bring the person in that is in harmony with my heart. Like I've never felt it because I've never Mm. been this version of me so I want that version of him to come in that reflects that, mm-hmm. you know? So what mm-hmm. are you, what are you looking for? What, what do you know this time that like, here is what's got to come in?
0: Uh, yeah, that's a great question. And I love that you said about the self-inquiry because that helped me a lot in connecting to my highest self. So even because as I was doing journaling and maybe people can relate to this and you can get in your own head, even as you're journaling. Yeah. So I would just kind of say, okay, I'm connecting to my higher self as I'm asking myself questions. Mm. So I kind of let the space open up to kind of just free up my monkey mind to just yeah. go into what's in the heart rather than, you know, what I, what I think is true. I love it. So, so
1: wait, so you would say as you were writing, you would just say, I would like to talk. I would like my higher self yourself. to come through. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Okay. Such a yeah. simple step.
0: I yeah. I mean, and also I feel like it freed up my intuition. So even yeah. if I wasn't sure of the answer, because we can never really be sure, but if I was asking questions about, like you said, like, what is this relationship teaching me? I think my higher self and my intuition could tell me what it was instead of me thinking what it was. You know what I mean? Totally. So uh, that helped me too. And if, and if I was asking questions about him, I would say, can I connect to his higher self Yeah. to help me answer questions? So that's just a little tip that I like to share because it helped me a lot to do that. And, um, mm-hmm. but as for the guy, so one, Mr. New guy, I would, I need consistency. Yeah. That was a huge thing that I didn't get. I, I didn't get consistent, um, communication. I didn't get consistent action. And I'm not and that saying that was a replay. That was like a replay. Yeah, of Yeah. 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 Like, and I'm not saying you have to show up exactly the same way or send me the same text or anything. I think it's just reliability maybe is a, maybe a better word, like being dependable like just someone who just shows up yep. um more um emotional availability yep. that's huge but then I had to look at myself and say are you emotionally available Brianne because why are you attracting um, someone who's emotionally unavailable because <laughs> right. they're mirror. our people in our lives are mirrors yeah, yeah. so I had to be I had to be honest about that with me like am I being vulnerable and I being open But as you said earlier, too, I didn't want to dip into too much victimhood, like making myself too guilty either, because even though I know that I can probably work on my own stuff as we all can, I also didn't want to take the brunt for everything either, which I think I can do. Yeah. And um, I just want somebody who's just, and this is nothing against any of the exes if they ever were to listen to this, because, you know, they all have great points to them as well but I just wanted someone who's like very warm and fun yeah and just brings a lot of joy and laughter to my existence instead of feeling that I'm always on eggshells or Mm -hmm. not feeling like I'm totally comfortable with the other person because the other person's not being fully themselves and that's happened to me before
1: yeah that's huge
0: um so those those are, that's just a short list, but I have a long list in my journal. Yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah. Well, those are, I think so many people are like nodding their heads. And like that last thing that you said is that sense of feeling like you're home because yeah, yeah I've done that too. Where and you, and you try so hard and you, you, there's this uneasiness and there's that lack of, e- that lack of ease, right. That lack of the fun and the fluid. And, but you try, it's like, you just, yeah. I look back and I'm like, there were so many square pegs. I tried to shove in those round holes and I just yeah. kept pushing and I'm like, just, if you just. But, but really what you want is, t- is to feel at home. And, and often, you know, often, always, actually, we're replaying something that we learned in childhood, right? So, like, if you had a lack of security in childhood, so what you're talking about with consistency is really a desire for security. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's a fundamental need on Maslow's hierarchy of needs. It's food, water, air, shelter, and then belongingness and security is next, mm-hmm. like literally as a life force that we need it. And if, if you didn't feel secure in your home environment, you may very likely attract someone that also brings that energy that's not consistent and that's not secure. And then there's like this replaying out of, you know, maybe they're avoidant and you're more tad. That's, that's yeah, how yeah. I am. Yep. Yeah. And then they are, what you want is going to make them pull back even more because they're replaying whatever it was that they had. And maybe mm-hmm. they had a mom that was way too in their face. And so they're, you know, I know I've replayed it too many times. It's like, gosh, <laughs> dang it. Now I'm, Yeah. And then it, then you can feel it. Right. But it's like, you know, but recognizing that, you know, and knowing, and I forget where I was going with that, but just the awareness of the awareness of seeing it and saying, Oh, I've played this out so many times. Wow. And like, I'm hoping people, as they listen to you and me and your, all your podcasts, that there's that awareness, like you have us, that's what you're trying to do, right? Light bulb moments. Mm-hmm. You're like, wow, I never really realized that before that I'm attracting someone that's replaying this childhood trauma. And so in your mind, what you think is, and it's subconscious, but you think if I can just get this person to love me, that subconsciously is reminding me of this dynamic, then it means I'm lovable because when I was younger, this dynamic made me feel unlovable because whoever it was that wasn't available or whatever it is that you're playing out, if I can just get this person in my life who represents love and and value, if they love me, then somehow subconsciously it, you feel like it's going to heal all of that. When the truth is they're showing up as who they are, which is often a mimicking avatar of Replaying what you're here to learn, and the universe is asking for you to give that to yourself. Mm-hmm. They say, write down what you desire in a partner, and then become that yourself. Mm-hmm. If you can keep going back to that, and then it becomes about you, and it's like, I want all these things, so I'm going to embody the person that is that. It makes you a natural attractor to that match.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's, I know it's a lot, but I, I love. I tell you, it's, it's a road, but I, mm-hmm. I love having that awareness.
0: Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And and it is a road and, and it is having that self-awareness that is needed and is necessary, but to get there is a journey and it's not, it's not easy. And you kind of have to go through it to get to the other side, unfortunately. I mean, I think I was born with self-awareness, but that doesn't mean that every situation I'm in is good. So like yeah. even people who are like, oh, I am naturally self-aware. Well, yeah, but I bet you like you have a blind spot as we all do. And for me, relationships were, have been my blind spot for sure. Oh, and- gosh, I will
1: tell you, I mean, that the clients <laughs> I, I work with brilliant women, I mean, CEOs, actors, a hundred percent of them, this is the blind spot. And it's for me too. So like, and but we judge ourselves, right? Cause we, cause you're obviously very smart. You're, I mean, I can tell you have very high IQ for whatever that's worth. And you can just feel that. A hundred percent of my clients are brilliant and this is the blind spot and it's always rooted in a childhood trauma and it's always replayed replayed and replayed until they get to exactly what we're talking about. And there's that level of awareness and they allow themselves to feel it and heal it and then move to the place where it's like, wow, like the answer really is me returning to me. Mm. I mean, it, it is, and it doesn't have to take forever. It doesn't. I'm here to tell people too, like the energy on this planet has shifted a great deal since since I started this journey, which is a lot longer ago than I'm going to admit, but the uh, the the it is the frequency on this planet has actually, it, it's raised and it's sped up. So it does not have to take you years. It doesn't. You can make that decision and, you know, feeling the, the, the feelings, you know, they show that if you're feeling, and I'm not talking about like deep abuse trauma, like that deserves something like EMDR. I've been through that, like heal that deep if there's deep trauma. Um, but if we're talking about emotion, I mean, they've shown now that if you just sit with that emotion, like you get triggered, what's coming up? Okay, let me see. I did this other night myself. Okay, I because I saw a picture, and I'm like, what am I feeling? Okay, I'm pissed,
0: Mm.
1: angry. I'm I'm sad because I thought that was going to be me. Um, I'm 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 angry. I'm pissed. I'm uh, I feel you know whatever it was. Um, lonely, whatever. And then let yourself feel it, like let yourself fully feel it, like whether that means just write something out and they bang on a pillow go on the floor and cry, they say after 90 seconds, okay, 90 seconds, they have shown that if you just deeply feel those emotions, they will somatically pass through your body. And that's all they need to pass through Mm -hmm. is to be acknowledged and felt it's, and it's up to us to not keep going back and retrieving them and putting them back (laughs) into our pain body. You know, so that was an aha moment for me. I heard that this past year. And if you want to hang on that, like that can be really healing, just knowing, wow, like if I'm feeling pissed about this, let me just sit and cry. Let Mm -hmm. me bitch about it for a minute and then give myself 90 seconds. And then, wow, like I do feel better and I'm allowed Mm -hmm. to move forward and not hold on to this all day and let myself lay on the floor and drink two bottles of wine Mm -hmm. and whatever it is that your coping mechanism is. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I totally, I, yeah, I've definitely been there to cry as well. So I get it. I get it. And as you said, like I just, I just want to just mention what you just said. Like to allow it back into your body, like that's what happened with the bridge guy. Where I was like, what the fuck am I doing? Like just, just things just blew up. And another pattern I was seeing was that he was unavailable. You know, it turned out he actually had a girlfriend. That's a whole other thing. And Mm. he lied to me. But he was unavailable in that way. So he was emotionally available to me, but he was still unavailable. Right. So then, it brought up these things in me where I'm like, okay, you have a pattern, Brienne, of like unavailability.
1: Yeah, like you're
0: attracting men who are not available. And in my past, there's been a couple other people who were like that too, like separated, like all this stuff. And I was like, yeah, all right, you got something to heal about the availability. So, uh, but I cut that off sooner, and I'm so proud of myself for mm. doing that because it was like, oh, that's a, a turnoff now.
1: That's so huge. And that's the goal, right? Like the time shorter (laughs) and shorter until it like disappears. But you know, the the fact is we attract what we believe we deserve deep down and it's subconscious, but you just do. And I can say that because I've done it at a very deep traumatic level. And once I got that, I'm like, wow, I am attracting what I deeply, if I go under all of this, like there's such a belief that I'm unworthy of love because I actually never learned that I was valuable. Like Mm -hmm. I was discarded, 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 like my biggest moment, discarded and i mean mm-hmm. even now i mean i'm a i have a phd like I, this is why i did do the work but i know that about myself and i'm now i'm, I'm where you just said brianna as i'm like i am not i am fully aware that i am not willing to attract someone that gives me one sign that they would that there would ever be that experience again like i've i'm i'm claiming that healing 100% like we're not attracting because because the opposite of discard is claim right mm-hmm. so again like be what you want to be. So the opposite of being discarded is claiming. So if we want someone to claim us, then we have to claim ourselves first. Mm -hmm. That's what you're doing right now. That's what I'm doing right now. I hope that the women that are listening, like they're having aha moments because it's like, I am claiming myself, my work, you know, taking care of myself, getting back to myself, focusing on myself, not because of anyone else, but because of me, Mm -hmm. you know, yeah. gosh, that I'm so impressed that you're being so open about all of it. Do you, so tell me it just question do you worry that they're ever going to listen to your to I do and i tell stories i'm like oh shit i hope i hope none of them ever like find it like so what goes through your mind do you think anyone's going to
0: um i don't care if they want to yeah. i am a writer too so i've I've, yeah, that's it, right. I've been writing for a long time and for a while i used to write very personal essays so yeah. there's a lot of stuff out there and in fact i'm writing a book proposal right now about me and relationships I mean, I don't know if it'll be published, but that's what me and my agent are doing. And one of the essays is about me and my ex. And I I told him about it. I was like, look, like I'm putting this in a book proposal, and if it gets published, it's you in it. Do you want your name? And he said, Okay. <laughs> so I was like Oh, that's awesome. I was yeah. like, okay. And then I sent him the essay and and he read it and I you know, I, I I don't know, like, you kind of get what you get with me. So if you don't want me to talk about you, then don't get involved with me.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of the same now. Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. So but
0: yeah, I mean, I and that's why I try to be as respectful, obviously, as possible. But I'm also going to be honest about my experience, too. So
1: yeah. Well that's your calling here on the planet and I have struggled with that too like it's as I'm getting more doing podcasts is my first divorce that I had a like a gag order it's not in place anymore but I did go through an element of like really being shushed for a long time and so it still like triggers like a little bit of fear in me mm-hmm. but I love that you've leaned into it cuz now I'm like cuz I want to have a podcast like you know I'm like it's that's next and um and I'm a writer too so it's it's been like a trickling out but it's a matter of like for me too I mean you're calling we do similar things, but it's also very different, right? I, I know because I, I looked at some of your stuff and it's beautiful what you're doing. Um, for me, I'm like, I don't want to share it until I know like I've healed it, mm-hmm. right? Because I'm also a life coach. And so it's mm-hmm. kind of like, I don't share in the trauma. I will share after it when I've already learned, you know? Mm-hmm. So for mm-hmm. me, that's like the filter that I run it through. Mm-hmm. And I also have to be okay if, if whatever I say, because you never know who's going to hear it. And, you know, maybe they'll have an aha moment. Right. (laughs) Yeah, you never
0: know. Right. (laughs) Okay. So just to end the episode, I have a few questions, just like rapid fire fun questions if you. Okay, cool. Okay. So, okay. My first question is, what was your favorite thing that you've done or you do being single?
1: Uh, My favorite thing? um, I get giddy at night. So at night, I like I kind of like to pour a glass of wine when mm-hmm. I when I can when I'm not working and like sit in silence because I also have three kids, but mm-hmm. like when everyone's in bed, like I literally will giggle. I have just started pulling out my old crystal because a friend of mine was talking about the vibration of the crystal, mm-hmm. how it will like up level what you're drinking. And I'm like, I never thought of that. So just this week, I was like, because I'm working my ass off right now. I'm in the middle of a launch. I like for th- th- the past two nights sat down at nine o'clock and poured a glass of Pinot and just sat with myself and I'm like, there's nobody here turning on what they want to watch on TV. Nobody's wanting me to go in the bed. You know what I mean? And so I had this moment of profound. And this is just this week. Profound kind of freedom and liberation. And I felt really like juicy and good on the inside. And so it was just that moment just with myself. So,
0: okay. I love that. Pretty yeah, recent. I love that yeah. though the crystal <laughs> with the drinking. I've never I've never done that myself, so I'll have to try that.
1: <laughs>
0: All right. So, what are the things that you take the most seriously in your life?
1: Well, I take parenthood seriously. Mm-hmm. I have the I have th- three teenagers um, very seriously. Um, I take the uh, the service for the planet really seriously because uh, even though we've been talking about lighthearted stuff, and I just admitted that I, I drink a glass of wine before I go to bed, <laughs> um, I also am in uh, high service. Like I take very seriously helping people transform out of. I mean, everything that we talked about today applies to what I do. Like. Women carry far too much guilt and lack of worthiness. Like those are the two main things. And, you know, it's generationally we've done it. So I take very seriously that my purpose here on this planet is to help women Stop carrying this guilt that we've been taught to carry and stop carrying this this feeling of uh, that we're not worthy and, and come into our value. so that is the work that I do on a daily basis, and I'm constantly trying to figure out how to infuse that and help other women find it because once you find it, like it's kind of everything mm-hmm.
0: so yeah, totally. and I love that that you're doing that and that you came here to, to talk about that too. All right, another question so this is what is your favorite single woman movie? it could be about a single woman or maybe just a movie that just makes you feel empowered or something like that.
1: Um, I single woman. God, I mean, pretty woman popped to my head, but that's like showing my age like that. I probably watched that a thousand times growing up. I w I don't know how empowering it is because the storyline is a little sketchy, but I mean, it, it bred this great fantasy in all of us growing up and Julia Roberts is, is actually from Atlanta. So, um, that movie was always like, um, one of my favorites. Um, you know what I love? Um I love the movie and it's I don't know how much of a single movie this is, but Love actually. I think that that movie because it, it weaves like so many stories into that the storyline that it was like it showed you just so many different dynamics of like what's possible and some of it was really fantastical and parts of it were just super real. And so I don't know, that movie at Christmas, like when it comes on. <laughs> always grounds me. I mean, it also gives me hope because there's that cute little story about the little boy that loves the little girl and he's like beating the drums and he goes to the airport. Like it, it makes you feel kind of alive again. So I, I don't know. That's that movie makes me feel super good to watch.
0: Yeah. Whatever, whatever <laughs> makes you feel good. Right. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the key. Okay. So my other this is, this is kind of similar, but what is your favorite single girl, like bad bitch kind of anthem song? Like what gets you pumped up when you're listening to yeah. it? Yeah.
1: Yeah, probably um well, let's see. This girl's on fire what is what um, is what popped up. But what's the one um uh, the the one about speaking up? Okay, it's like it's like leaving my brain right now. Um uh, anyway, this girl is on fire is a huge one. Whenever that one comes on, like always. And then, you know, I mean, I grew up in the 70s and 80s, so like Gloria Gaynor, I will survive. Of course, that was before my time, but whenever that's on the dance floor like we're me and all of my friends are out there for sure
0: <laughs> no it's a great one I'm I'm trying to get like a little playlist going so I'm asking all the guests like their questions and then eventually I'll just make a playlist on Spotify but that's awesome I love it yeah just a little
1: pet. oh and oh no okay my, my right. la- latest one okay. was ABCDE fuck you like that <laughs> for sure it's one of my favorite TikToks that I did and it was definitely it was to my twin flame eggs and it's like that was that was one of the most liberating and she just like rewrote the lyrics and sang it on stage and like uh yeah I love that song too
0: Who's, Who sings that I've never even heard of it Well I feel like you know what
1: you've never heard ABCDE <laughs> fuck you Can I can I say the F bomb on yeah, here yeah, I should have asked him again no, no, okay. Um I think Kelly Clarkson actually just was it yes Kelly Clarkson just rewrote it and inserted lyrics about her ex I just watched it on Instagram okay. like 2 days ago Okay, And it's I don't remember the name it's like a one word name the girl who wrote it but um yeah I, it's okay. it's yeah a lot of us did like TikToks that
0: Oh or powerful, but okay. It,
1: it's just it gives you a voice. I don't know, it's saying the F bomb to me it's very it opens your throat chakra right. and it's it's pretty liberating. So Yeah.
0: Okay. I'm gonna have to look that up because I've never even heard of it. I feel so old not knowing that. Okay. You haven't
1: uh, yeah it was like two years ago. It's like and your mom and your dog and your sister and your dog. You haven't heard that one? No. A B C D Okay. All right, go Well, ahead. you're
0: on TikTok. I'm a little bit on TikTok, <laughs> but not a lot. And you have three kids, so you probably are more tuned into it, This is
1: very true. Yeah, you're t- 100%. My daughter showed me the song, yes.
0: Yeah, you're, you're tuned into <laughs> the young crowd more than I am. Okay, uh, my last question is uh, what, and you kind of mentioned this, but this, is, this could be a different answer. What is your greatest wish for all single women?
1: I gosh, I'm probably go back to what I said earlier. I think um, it's like you are home. You know, you being in your own frame is not only the biggest gift that you can give yourself, but that you can give this planet because we've been giving our power away for so long. I mean, this is generational stuff we're healing. So it's like I hope that when you heard us talking today, that you felt like a resonance of. Being in your own frame is not only enough, it's the most, even if you're married or in relationship, like your own frame, you being the star of your movie and not trying to be a leading role in someone else's, like you are enough. And once you adjust to that frequency, you literally become limitless. You literally become, your potential raises so much. And if you could just realize that and realize that it just takes choices by you, like no one's going to do it but you. It takes the intentional choices like she and I were unpacking here today. Those, those little things on a daily basis, you know, inches become miles Mm -hmm. that add up to the big things that once you start doing it, it becomes practice because once you're in your frame and you're unapologetic, you literally are going to attract what matches you and the possibilities are like magical and endless. It's the work I do.
0: (laughs) Mm, I, I love that. And speaking of the work that you do, how can people connect with you and work with you?
1: Yeah, so um my website is drkarin.com and you have to spell out the word doctor and then Karin is K-A-R-I-N, and it's the same on Instagram, which is where most of my stuff is, but I'm also on Facebook in a big way and on TikTok. It's just Dr. Karin, just spell it right, K-A-R-I-N, and you'll find me. And I always have um, um I have programs and master classes. I love doing retreats and in-person events. So um if this resonates with you, take a look at my stuff and I'd love to connect with you.
0: Awesome. So thank, you. thank you. Thank you, Karin, for this conversation. It was amazing.
1: Thank you. Well, I appreciate your vulnerability and your willingness to open conversation because you you are healing people and helping them to grow in a magnificent way and the planet really needs you and needs this. So oh. it was a blessing. Well oh, thank you.
0: Thank you so much. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you. If you seriously loved what you heard today, I would seriously appreciate a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. It really does help the show grow. If you have an idea for a topic you'd like to hear discussed on the show, or if you're single and would like to apply to be a guest, please email seriouslysinglepodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to subscribe to my Substack newsletter, briannehogan.substack.com, where you can get all the latest updates and essays and writings about relationships and being single, as well as listen to an extended version of the podcast, where me and a guest will answer your questions. Plus, there's just like a lot of cool stuff on my Substack like if you think i'm super vulnerable and open on the podcast well you haven't read one of my essays yet so thanks for being here and i'll be back next week with a brand new episode of seriously single